You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera and everything in between, if you have a piece of hunting gear or a piece of hunting equipment that needs a battery, Interstate Batteries has got you covered. You can go to a local retail store. Or you can go visit online at interstatebatteries.com. They have thousands of local retail shops all over the U.S., so you can go there as well. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Woo! One, two. This is the Hunting Gear Podcast, and just like the title implies, we cover all things hunting gear and equipment, from discussions with the top manufacturers to product reviews from past hunting experiences. Our goal is to provide you with reliable and unbiased product information in hopes of educating you on new products and assisting in future purchases. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast starts right now. Bob Polanik, how the hell are you, man? I'm doing great. Doing great. Got a week. Got a week of work left and headed to Idaho. Yeah. So and, when when this episode launches, just so everybody is clear, we're recording this like two weeks in advance of when we're actually going to launch it. So it's Wednesday. What what's the date today? September 4th. Okay, so it's Wednesday, September 4th, and you're leaving on your hunt when? Uh, we leave September 11th, but we, we're driving. So we actually, that September 11th is a Wednesday. We're leaving after work, and uh, we'll drive a little bit Wednesday night, and then big day Thursday, and we should be to Idaho, hopefully by... One two o'clock on Friday, and probably do a I don't know, check out some trailheads. I don't know how much hunting we'll do, yeah. but uh, we'll be there for eight days. And uh, my wife's got a tag; I do not. So nice. So you're just gonna stand back and yeah. bugle for her? Yeah, pretty much. I'm gonna I'm gonna film it too, and uh, hopefully, I've always dreamt of submitting a film to the full drop film tour. Oh, and, that'd um, be awesome. Yeah, it's it's been a goal of mine for a long time. I I actually had a video from 2016 that probably could have made it, but I didn't I didn't even think to I didn't think it was good enough, you know. Yeah. And then I went to the full draw film tour, and looked at all the films that year, and was like, wow, 
I definitely should have submitted my film. <laughs> so, so are you saying all those films sucked horribly or that you feel no. you, you, could, <laughs> you could have done a better job? You could have done an equally good of job. I could have. I, I think I would have been uh, considered. I don't know if it would have been selected, but I definitely gotcha. think I would have had a good chance. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So let's see. I leave. Today's the fourth. I leave on the sixth. And then I start hunting on Sunday morning will be my first hunt. So basically a day to drive out, a day to get acclimated. And then I hunt Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, probably a Saturday morning hunt, depend depending. And then uh, depending on if we stay Saturday night in Colorado just to putz around or if we start heading back. And uh, uh, But I'll be back home that following Sunday. And then it's... Uh, two-week hiatus and then it's south dakota mule deer nice man nice that uh, you got to be getting pretty yeah you got to be getting real pumped you leave in a couple days yeah i'm getting pumped my wife she is not getting pumped <laughs> because she's running uh, uh she's running uh single parent for a week and right uh, that's horrible it is horrible i know exactly what she's thinking right now she wants to probably leave me for a guy who has no hobbies <laughs> yeah yeah i i uh i can't exactly relate on for two reasons i don't have any kids and then uh yeah taking the wife with me this time so uh yeah uh on a different note have you ever kind of noticed that on an elk hunt it's actually kind of hard to hunt right up to the end because if you do get an elk down you oh, yeah. still need to kind of give yourself 24 hours to get it out of the mountains right right uh and both hunts both elk hunts i've been on in the past we knew that we had we had to leave at x you know at x time to get back for other engagements but it was it's well if we shoot an elk this morning we can, it's gonna we're gonna have to pack it out it's gonna take you know, depending on where we shoot it and if it dies in some, you know, mess of a hole, we're it's going to take us 24 hours to get it out of there, and then we're really going to be screwed. So, right. you know, just we'll be coming back on Monday instead of Sunday. Um, I'm in a position now where that doesn't matter to me because I'm driving out with my retired father, and I this is my job, so I can be late to my own job technically. Uh, right. You know, sort cause I run the show here and it's like, I don't know. I, if I, if I have to, I have to, but you know, if I, if I strike out and don't bring an elk home and I'm late, my wife will be extremely pissed at me. But if I come home with, you know, 200 pounds or whatever, however many pounds of meat off an elk, then she will be happy. So, or she, she will be less pissed and she'll forget about it in a day, in a day. Yeah, dude, I will say one thing about, uh, pushing it all the way to the end. It, it's definitely worth it. Uh, last year, the last morning that we could hunt with giving ourselves, you know, 24 to 36 hours to basically just get back home. And I had a flight to catch on a Monday. So I think the last our last hunt was Saturday morning, and that morning, I was at full draw on a big six by six. Um, I did not take the shot, but it, like I said, it can still happen. And um, 2016, 
um, I shot a bull right away on like an eight day trip with my buddy and then weather got bad and we were, we took care of the bull and I had to get the head clean and stuff like that so I could fly it back home. Cause it's going to be way cheaper to check it at the airport than ship it right. like UPS or whatever. But we were looking at weather and him and hawing around and we're like, all right, well we got one morning that we could actually hunt. So let's go hunting again. And sure enough at nine 30 that morning, my buddy got a bull down and wow. we spent the next 24 hours getting it out. Uh, got back to his house at like eight o'clock at night and I jumped on a plane at 6am the next morning and flew home. Wow. So definitely, definitely don't give up hope if it does come to that. Right. That, uh, that last day can always be some magic. Right. Right. Yeah, dude, I'm jacked. Um, and just about, you know, are you driving or flying out to Idaho? So it's kind of, I'm doing my wife a solid. Well, in my head, I'm doing my wife a solid. Um, we're, we're driving out together and then we'll hunt Saturday to Saturday. I think the looking at a calendar. So we'll hunt till the 21st, uh, on the 22nd, I'm flying her home. That way she can hunt all the way as long as possible. And then I'm driving home, um, by myself and I'm going to pit stop in Nebraska and hunt for a night or two and, and try to get a early season encounter with one of those bucks out there after, after what I saw from our scouting trip. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Dude, I'm telling you, one of my favorite drives is driving through Wyoming. Uh, I don't know what, what it is about. Uh, Now I haven't been to Arizona. I haven't been to New Mexico. I haven't been to Utah. I've been to Colorado. I've been to Wyoming. I've been to Idaho, you know, and I've been to South Dakota and I've been to uh, Nebraska and Kansas, but I don't know, man, just driving down, driving through Wyoming is something just right down interstate 80. I believe all the way through the Southern part of the state, there's antelope literally everywhere, (laughs) everywhere. And just, you know, you can see the mountains in the distance or you can, um, you know, see some subtle terrain features and then, or it's just flat forever. Right. And I don't know what it is, right. but I just love driving through Wyoming. Dude, I, I hear you. There's, there's just some beautiful landscapes, some mountain ranges. I, I'm pretty sure I've got a dozen pins on Onyx along <laughs> I-80. Just random, like, oh, check this out on google maps when you get home type of thing right. never have but yeah i definitely have a bunch of random waypoints on onyx throughout wyoming and i think even a couple through like eastern montana yeah so yep wyoming is my next adventure man I, i've been building up points there for quite a few years now and I, it's still like it'll be under seven years but um i think when i turn 40 I'm going to be putting an entire year worth of points for multiple species into Wyoming and, uh, might, might make it a big trip. Like where I'm out there two weeks and try to harvest, uh, an elk and, uh, antelope and potentially, uh, either a whitetail or a mule deer, depending on what I want to allocate those points for. But, uh, that's, that's my next big adventure is Wyoming. I'm, uh, I'm right there with you. I'm saving up points myself and uh, a buddy and I are. And I think we're planning on, I think 2023, we're going to, we're going to cash in on our points. I think we'll have six or seven points by then, which isn't, isn't a ton, but I think it should get us in a, into a, I don't know, a, a mid tier 
unit. I haven't done enough research yet, but yeah. And then, um, yeah, I've, I've actually heard that hunting whitetails in Wyoming is a very cool experience just because of where you hunt them at. You're still kind of like slightly in the mountains, but you know, you're still in whitetail habitat, whitetail country. So, um, I know it's a great meal to your state, but, um, I think, I don't know, being a whitetail hunter, I might just, uh, try to try to go after whitetails opposed to mule deer. Yeah. Who knows, man? I gotta, I gotta, right. I gotta think about all that stuff. So we're come, we're, we're past the 10 minute mark for the introduction. And in some countries it's, I guess it's law or deem. If you don't do it, it's deemed looked down upon that before you get into business, you got to do 10 minutes of, of BS basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's up now getting into today's topic. So you texted me uh, earlier this week and you're like, Hey, are we still on for Wednesday? And I'm like, yeah, dude, let's do it. Uh, and you said, what's the topic? And I said, I have no idea. And then last night, have you ever seen the movie seven? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's a part where, uh, um, oh, Brad Pitt, he's like, what's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah. that got me like I was I was looking at my phone. I was like, hey, that's what today's episode is going to be about. We're going to be talking about what is in our whitetail hunting pack. Right. And I know this is this is going to be a conversation that's more along the lines of walking from your truck to your ground blind or from the truck to the tree stand and what is actually in the pack, what accessories you know stuff like that and i think that's what we're going to talk about you down with that i am that should uh that should be pretty easy to talk about yeah and i don't i don't see this being a a long episode or uh, hugely drawn out because um i i i used to be the guy who back in the day would bring absolutely everything in there in with me uh that's when i was having trail camera or uh that's when i was bringing uh, camera equipment you know into the tree with me as well i don't do that anymore uh so i've shed off of off of that i've shed i don't know the camera arm the the camera base uh camera stand base the camera itself and anything that went like the boom mic all the stuff that went along with it uh so i don't run that anymore uh you do though right I do. I do. I am uh, still a whitetail filmer, and uh, a lot of times it's uh, just filming a not shooting anything. It's It gets pretty old setting up and tearing down camera equipment every hunt, and yeah. Yeah. Never uh, never having much to shoot. We're going to, and we're going to have another podcast about this uh, probably, I don't know if we're going to do it later on this year or during the season or whatnot, but uh, talk about camera equipment and, and stuff. Cause I know that's something that you really want to talk about, but the first year I hunted without a camera, I was like, Oh my God, this is awesome. Until, you know, I had like this giant three-year-old that I ended up passing walk by. It was like, low 150s high 140s 10 year old three uh 10 or three year old 10 pointer and i was just like oh my god this is this buck i wish i had a camera to record him with i didn't so there's a little part of me that misses it but i don't know i just i hate having to set up one more thing 
when I'm in the tree stand, especially on a run and gun when you're bringing your tree stand in with you too. Yep. All right. So let's talk about what's in your pack. All right. First, I think the first thing we want to do is just talk about what pack you are going to be running this year. I'll be using the uh, Sika tool bucket. It's the one that um, I think they got a toolbox and tool bucket. I think now they even have the Fanatic backpack or something like that. But yep. the tool bucket is the one that you can detach the bag from, like the uh, the frame, and then you can slap a, a hang on in there, um, and then it reattach the bag and all that. Yep. So. Yep. that's the one i'll be using how about you yeah i uh i have that one i use it uh the tool bucket as well um i don't know like i i don't use the part of it that you zip off anymore so i keep it zipped up all the time i don't ever zip up that pack and then put my tree stand on on it or zip off the pack strap it in put the tree stand on like i just don't do that anymore because once you get to the tree stand it's just like it's like two or three extra steps to getting that pack hooked up to the stand you know you're messing with additional buckles where i just i just throw everything on and use multiple shoulder harnesses for it right yeah yeah i i i totally hear you man i uh, if I'm running and gunning with the lone wolf sticks and hang on, I will typically throw the hang on in there and then I will carry the, I'll carry four sticks in one hand and my bow in the other. Um, and I don't know, a lot of people are kind of just like, well, why wouldn't you just put the sticks and the stand in there? It's just, it, it's not, I don't have like the, uh, the quick connect, uh, whatever it is that lone wolf made that you're, your uh, the stick quiver right i don't have that for a lone wolf stand so it's kind of just it doesn't it doesn't sit well and it's a lot more weight on your shoulders um and i've just i've got i mean four sticks is 10 pounds it's not that hard to carry that in one hand and then your bow in the other hand and if for whatever reason you ever had uh you had a shot opportunity on the way out to a tree stand or anything like that. It's pretty easy just to set the sticks down and, and knock an arrow, you know, right. it's not that that's right. kind of my, my mentality. Um, I never, I never go in in the morning, um, and set up, a uh, a do a mobile, like hang and bang is what we call them. I, I never do that in the morning. It's always, um, for an evening hunt, and then maybe I'll uh, hit it again in the morning and tear it down if I'm like on public land and, and don't want it, you know, worried about it getting stolen or something like that. But right. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I've, I use a bow holder that you slip around the cams. I stack my sticks and then I'll slip them around that bow holder. So I'm walking to the tree stand with that around my shoulder, uh, the harness on. And the whole point of that is, I don't like having to take off my pack in the tree stand and everything else when I get to the tree just so I can put it back on and climb up. So I'll take the bow holder, right, the, the bow sling, I guess it is, uh, undo it and then start mo- adding my sticks because my goal is to only try to go up the tree twice. You know, walk up and then uh, basically I have uh, the bow rope in my pocket. I slap... Uh, take the connector, attach it to a cam, start putting my sticks up. Then I slide the, 
the I slide the stand off of my back, hang it up, climb up, screw in a screw uh, uh, a tree hook, hang my pack, pull up my bow, and screw in a or screw in a tree uh, some kind of bow holder, hang my bow, and then everything is up. I don't have to go down any more times, and that I just I don't I hate having to go up and down and up and down and up and down you're just it's leading to too much movement in my opinion for the tree so the goal is to get to the tree not have to take anything off your pat off your back and just start going up yeah I I totally agree um if I don't if I'm doing the mobile hunt and I don't have a very long walk I'll carry the lone wolf and the sticks in in my right arm and my bow on my left with my backpack on. Um, and if I have a, if I have a very long, if I have a long hike, we're talking half a mile or more, maybe three quarters of a mile. That's when I'll throw the lone wolf stand in my backpack, um, sandwiched, you know, in between the, the frame and the bag and, uh, just carry the sticks. But regardless of what I do, I only go up the tree one time. Um, I'll get to the tree and, and however I have my stand and sticks, um, I'll get it all situated and basically I'll take my backpack off, uh, bows on the ground as well. And I'll have a rope going to my bow and I'll have a rope going to my bag. And then I'll put the, uh, lone wolf on my back. And then I go up the tree with the sticks, get up to the top stick, put the hang on up, get in the hang on, get all strapped in with my safety harness. And then I just pull my bag up and pull my bow up. So I just go, because just like you're saying, going up and down that many times, not only is it loud, it's exhausting. And you just, yeah. I mean, being mobile, it's, you work up a pretty good sweat anyway. So if I only go up one time, uh, I just feel like it's a lot, a lot more stealthy. Yeah. Right now there's all these saddle hunters, uh, basically rolling over or, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I have a, a lot of friends yeah. who are saddle hunters now and uh, I have to jab them because, uh, I, I get a kick out of how how serious they are about saddle hunting these days. I mean, these guys are very passionate about saddle hunting is now the only way to hunt. Yeah. I, I, I want to give it a try, but I don't have a, I just don't have that big of an issue with, yeah. With the, with the lone wolf, you know, running gun setup. So I, I don't know. I just can't imagine it's that comfortable for like an all day sit either. Yeah. So I like to be able to, I don't know, to fully stand up and lean against the tree. I, that's what, I guess that's my favorite part about hunting out of a hang-on is you can flip the seat up and you can lean right up against the tree and you can stand there for a half hour and it's, I don't know. It's just, I, I think it's very comfortable to hunt out of a lone wolf or really any hang-on for that matter. Yeah. My big issue is let's say I draw with my right hand. I hold the bow with my left hand. So you're hanging on a tree and you're facing it. Well, what happens if something's coming to your backside to your right, over your right shoulder? How are you, other than making a lot of movement in the tree, swinging all the way around or like twisting all the way to the right, going to make that shot, number one, staying comfortable, and number two, trying to not make so much movement, especially if it happens real fast. Right. Right. I, I don't understand that. But then again, guys are doing it. Right. I, I, I'm right there with you. I don't understand how you pull that shot off either. Don't they have, 
Don't they have like a, a name for it too? Don't they call it like their weak side or something like that? Probably. Probably. Yeah. We'll have to get a saddle hunter on here and talk about it. Yeah. For sure. Yep. All right. So <laughs> I, <laughs> moving on, I just, I got this, uh, I saw this meme on, uh, uh, I saw this meme on, uh, on Instagram the other day and it was, there's a whole bunch of people at a funeral and the one, the preacher goes, does anybody else have anything to say? And one guy just says, I do CrossFit. <laughs> so i have i i just in my head i imagined some guy going i hunt out of a saddle yeah <laughs> so there's that uh you know we're we're just it's all it's all good fun here at the hunting gear at the hunting gear podcast right don't be offended saddle hunters it's all no. good. it's all in good fun um all right so we talked about our bags right because i'm running uh the the tool bucket as well and it's kind of funny I got the residual off interviewing the guy from Sitka, the engineer from Sitka, uh, on a previous episode that we've launched, and he sent me the new Fanatic backpack. Yeah, can I? Can we just take a quick detour and can I ask you about that? Because I'm very curious about that backpack. Yeah, there's no frame in it, right? It's all soft fleece material, and it's really, really quiet. And but I haven't used it in, in the in the woods yet. Okay, I heard it's super light too, which yeah. is one thing I'll say about that tool bucket. It's like a f- empty. It's like five pounds, and I right. think I saw the fanatics like two, two and a half, something like that, empty. Yeah, it's so. pretty. It's pretty sweet, except there's no frame to it. So what that tells me is I'm putting it. it w- it's going to flatten down more, which is going to be awesome, I think, for when you put a tree stand over top of it. Um, I know some guys will actually put the stand, the, they'll probably put the pack on, on the backside of the stand now and not actually wear it. It'll just hang off the stand. But, um, but yeah, uh, like I said, I haven't used it. It seems light. It seems quiet. Uh, I guess I'll just have to report back. Only thing I can see with that is the amount of burrs that that bag's oh going to pick God. up. Dude, did I did I send you the picture yes. from? Oh my goodness, Dan! Those those I have three shirts and two pairs of pants, and so does my buddy, that are full of burrs, and they're sitting in a paper bag because I don't know what else to do but to let the burrs die and go back in like a month and a half and like put on a pair of leather gloves and try to like scrape them all off. Yeah, but it's that was that was the worst. That was the worst thing I've ever encountered in my entire life. Yeah. And I'm full of poison ivy right now from that uh, scouting trip. So that's yeah. nice. I hate poison ivy, by the way. Uh, but the the Sitka Fanatic series is known for picking up every single burr in the woods to the yeah. point where they could probably stand up. I have I have my my Sitka fanatic pants. It's almost like a joke, right? I walk through to get to my tree stand. I'm loaded in burrs, especially that first ten yards into the timber, mm-hmm. where yep. it's just real thick and nasty. And and then I just I set my tree stand up, and then I spend the entire night picking burrs off of my yep. off my pants. And yep. they actually, I was at a uh, at a trade show. I think it was the Iowa Deer Classic, and they make a glove that you can put on, and all you do 
is rub it over top of whatever material these burrs are on, and it transfers from the for something happens it transfers from your clothing to the burr and then you can just kind of wipe off wipe the burrs off of this glove so i don't know i think it costs like 30 bucks for this glove almost it almost looks like something you would pet a dog with okay well i'm gonna research that company and see if i can buy stock in that company (laughs) 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 yep yep All right, so backpacks. All right, now let's uh, let's talk about what's in your pack. You know, you're you're getting out of your truck. I don't know. Maybe you change stuff up through different times of year, but let's just talk about what is in your backpack all year round, or part of the year, or whatever. Alrighty, so there is some essentials that are always in my backpack. Uh, I've always got a buck knife in there. Um, I've always got my headlamp in there as well, along with, um, three extra lithium, uh, triple A batteries, just in case, um, you know, shoot a deer tracking it at night and headlamp dies. I don't, I'm not screwed. Um, tags are typically in my backpack. Um, and then as see, I have a bow. I, I use that Hawk, uh, like extendable bow hanger, uh, mm-hmm. screws into the tree. A, a lot of my hang on, hang ons are set up with bow arms, but it's so light and small that I just keep it right in there. Uh, typically, uh, I guess. And then for, for filming for my backpack to keep form and not smash my video camera, I actually took a, uh, a, a it's a cereal container, but it's Tupperware. So yeah. it's the Tupperware shaped cereal container. I throw that in there, and at the very bottom of it, I've got uh, like lens cloth, and then I put um, my extra batteries on that, so they don't make any noise. The, the extra the spare batteries don't make any noise. Um, clanging up against the the plastic of the Tupperware. Um, and then my camera goes in that. It fits perfectly, nice and snug. I don't have to worry about it getting smashed or, you know, the lens hood or anything getting smashed. Um, and then on top of that, I'm trying to think. Oh, normally my gloves will go on top of that and, like, a, a thick hat will go all on top like inside the pack and then I'll close it up. And then on the outside, I have a screw and step in one of the pockets. Cause the first thing I do when I get in the tree is put a screw and step in. I take my backpack off and hang my backpack from that. And then, uh, let's see camera arm and camera base and the strap for the camera base are all on the outside. And I use the, muddy outfitter arm i know a lot of guys swear by the um was that fourth arrow camera arm yep i have not tried it and the only reason i have not tried it is because they do not make a strap for the camera bait or the the camera arm base that is not a ratchet strap the the muddy arm it's got a uh like a cinch strap that you can tighten almost like a like a like a boat buckle that just like cinches and it, it's silent. There's no ratchet. Cause that's one of the things when I first started filming, you know, it's, it's 
an hour before it gets light out and you're you're trying to as silently as possible ratchet strap the base to a tree and it's clicking and i found a solution to it and when i was thinking about going to switching over to the fourth arrow just because you know i like to check out different gear and i i just never pulled the trigger on it because they don't offer an option that's that's silent for uh getting the the base strapped to the tree so um and then i usually have i'll if I bring, uh, I'll bring a water bottle in. I'll, I, I won't bring like a, a water bottle from a gas station. I'll bring like a refillable one because they're much quieter. If I do bring, say, I bring Gatorade or vitamin water, something like that, I always peel the the wrapper off, um, throw that out so it's not loud. Yeah. And then typically there's a good amount of Reese's Pieces and Kit Kat bars. <laughs> That's your snack. Yeah, That's your go-to that, snack. That and Pringles. Pringles. Yeah. So you're you're worried about the ratchet strap making noise, but you're sitting in the tree <laughs> slamming pretzels. Or, oh yeah, uh, Pringles. Pringles. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. The other thing is the uh, the the Reese's and the Kit Kat bars. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting with my wife or a buddy or something and filming them. And like, it's just, it's pretty quiet. You know, it's not exactly prime time or it's like later in the, in the morning, 10 AM, something like that. Yeah. And I just start crinkling wrappers and the looks I get from people that I'm filming for, they just shoot me a look like, dude, are you serious right now? <laughs> you, <laughs> you take all these precautions and then you, you'll just sit there, sit up there and crinkle wrappers. So, yeah. yeah. It's funny. Nope. I had a I had a buddy that I used to film for uh, every once in a while, and when I was filming him, you could not make a move that he wouldn't turn back and look and be like, "Hey, man, what are you doing? You're making too much noise. Be quiet." And then when you flip the script, he's up there eating an apple and chewing with his mouth <laughs> wide open and gob 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 gob. And I'm just like, "Dude, what are you doing? No, white tail can't hear that. They, right. <laughs> their ears are good, but they're not that good." I'm just like. Yeah. Okay, buddy. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, uh, are you bringing any type of pole saw with you or hand saw or anything like that? If, yeah, occasionally. If it, it depends on an initial running gun setup, yes. And then if I'm just making kind of micro moves, um, you know, like a 20 or 50 yard move. And I've like scouted another tree from my current setup. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll evaluate if I'm going to need to bring that in, but I don't really like to cut branches during, during hunting season. I don't like the sound of it. I don't like dropping fresh branch branches on the ground. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I do bring it, like I said, when it's, when it's necessary, but typically I, I leave that out. Um, so when you cut your shooting lanes, yeah. then that's most of that's done preseason. Are you, are you a shooting lane guy or are you a shooting pocket guy? I don't, I guess I don't know what the, are you talking like shooting lane where you just have like a smaller opening or in yeah. it, shooting or, lane? Like you could land a plane in it. Like I know some guys, I used to be this oh, way yeah. where from the ground to my tree stand and 30 yards out, there was not a crossing limb. There was not a standing, like a sapling. There was nothing. I, yeah, there was a deer between my tree and 30 yards out. I had a, I had a shot at it. Yeah. I, uh, yes, I, I open it 
right up like right up it's uh I, I the only cover i leave is behind me so i can't really get silhouetted or anything like that but i will i'll trim it right out um and even all the way from the ground all the way up to the uh the tree stand so when i'm you know raising and lowering my bow it doesn't get snagged on anything but yeah i, I trim shooting lanes quite a bit and uh but i also try to hunt about 22 to 24 feet up yeah so i think that the more the higher you are i think you can kind of open up lanes a little bit more right so i don't i don't like pockets because i know what you're talking about now i don't like pockets because yeah you're shooting you're, you're trimming out pockets for where you think the deer are gonna go but it's um it never works out that way right so right yeah man i, I don't know i don't hunt near that high i think the max that i'll hunt of course most of the most of my tree stand placements are like 15 to 18 i, I don't hunt that high and that just prevents me from having to uh, uh cut a lot of lanes or cut a lot of shooting holes or whatever and at the same time uh i always like i really try to focus on my backdrop like am i yep. am i silhouetted or am i do i have some background to where i can get away get away with a little bit more Right, right. All right. So, not necessarily a pole saw with you, but do, I forgot. Did you say you brought a hand saw with you? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I guess typically, yeah. I have a small, I have a small hand saw with me just in case. Yeah. All right. What else? Anything else? I'm trying to think. Usually, um, for Nebraska, for a non-resident, it's kind of weird. You don't exactly have a tag. You have a piece of paper. Um, so I usually, I'll actually have like a pen in there. Um, and I have zip ties in there as well to attach the tag. Um, I do my, my, my binoculars go in my backpack too, and I put those on when I get the tree. I also strap my, no matter the time of year, I strap my jacket to my backpack yeah. when I'm headed out. So when I get in the tree, I put the, put the jacket on and then I got to put my bino, uh, my harness on and then range finder and grunt tube. Um, I don't pack rattling antlers in Michigan ever. And then if I am in the Midwest, um, which is typically only going to be, you know, the rut and I'll, I'll typically bring rattling, rattling antlers with me. I prefer, real antlers to like a rattling bag or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Ooh. And, and the, uh, the estrus can gotta have that. The bleak call. Yes. Yes, sir. Have you ever had that work for you? Uh, called in my wife's two and a half year old eight point last year with a, with a bleat. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I've had it work. I've had it work a handful of times. I shot a, like a, I shot a really big six point, like a three and a half or four and a half year old six point. Um, I don't know, five, six years ago. And I grunted at him multiple times and he wasn't having it. And I hit that can one time and he came in on a rope. So and that's one call. I've had a grunt work. I've had a rattle work. I've had snort wheezes work, but I've never had a mature buck come in to a, a bleak can. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's last resort. I'll tell you that. I, it's usually, usually a grunt first. Um, and depending on the situation, I'll grunt once or twice. If they're not having it, I'll just let it go. Um, it's kind of that, like, uh, live to fight another day 
type mentality. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's times where I've I've hit the horns together and that's brought them in. Uh, I don't think it's offered a shot, but it brought them in. I think they circled downwind, and that's always the danger of rattling. And then um, yeah, I've had a, I've had a couple of scenarios where the the bleak can has worked. So yeah, absolutely. All right, anything else? Uh, I, c- I cannot think of anything else at the moment. Gotcha. All right. So I'll share mine. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm using the tool bucket and I, and I always pack my, I pack my bag so that it's in order of how I want to take it out. Right. So let, I'm just going to do what I like a typical from the truck to the tree stand, uh, run and gun scenario. Right. So I'm always having my clothes, my heaviest coat that I'm going to put on in the bottom of the pack. Uh, I'm going to have the, the, insulation layer on top of that and then any additional let's say base layer so i'm pretty much walking to the tree stand with my pants on my uh, base layer top i have my safety harness already on most of the time and then i have the the actual uh, lineman's belt wrapped uh, on my hip already so that way when i get to the tree i just unbuckle and strap in right Yep. So that's on me. And so in my pack, it's ordered by when I take it out. So the first thing that's on the top, uh, or I guess before I even open the pack, I have a handsaw that's in one of the side pockets. I use a, a wicked tree saw uh, because I used to work for that company. So I, you know, I have a wicked tree saw. Um, depending on if it's a, a tree I've trimmed out before or if it's like a fresh into the nothing run and gun. Uh, I'll bring a pole saw with me and that is also in my pack and strapped to my pack. So that way um, I can set my stuff down, trim a couple branches and I don't go overboard, but you know, uh, trim a couple shooting lanes and then set that down at the base of the tree. And that's where it's, that's where it sits. I don't bring it up into the stand with me. Then uh, I always have a can of nose jammer either in my pocket or on the side and uh, I'll spray some in my, on my boots and then I'll get to the tree and I'll spray some at the bottom of the tree. And let's see it's, and it's funny because as soon as I get to the tree, I set up in my Ozonics, which I'm laying down cover scent and I'm using a scent eliminator product as well. So it, it's, I don't know why it's just, it's what I'm confident with. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. put my, put my straps up or put my sticks up, climb to the top. And in my pockets, I have a, um, I always carry like three of them in my pocket and then in another six or seven actually in my pack. And those are the screw and hangers. Oh, I was, I was hoping you were going to say kick at bars, but <laughs> well, so when I'm halfway up the tree, I, I've, I've hung two steps. God, I need some, I need some energy. Slam Sorry. a kick cat bar real quick and then Sorry. finish setting up. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> Just imagine you're on public ground and there's some guy with all this equipment and he's halfway up his tree and you're walk, you walk over this hill and you see this dude just pound in a bag of kick cat bars and his tree stands isn't even set up yet. I think that'd be funny to meet. (laughs) (laughs) So I have the, uh, I have an abundance of screw and steps and I almost treat those as a disposable item because I go through so many of them in a year. Like I'll forget to take them out of the tree. Uh, 
or I will leave them up at a set that I leave my tree stand at, or I'll drop one, you know, in the dark while I'm setting up, or I'll drop one while I'm setting up. So I don't, instead of having to go down, just reach in the pocket and grab another one, right? And I'll pick it up after the hunt. So I have a lot of those. And then I'll set my tree stand up. I'll hang my backpack up. I'll get strapped in with my safety harness, right? My lineman's belt then comes off my hip, goes around the tree, and then I'm, I'm set in. Open up my pack. The first thing on top is my Ozonics, right? I'll screw in the base, and then I'll put the Ozonics up, and then I'll turn it on so that I, that I know it's running and doing its job while I am, uh, you know, I'm a sweater by nature. So it, whether it's 30 degrees outside or whether it's 75 degrees outside, I sweat walking to my tree stand. And so I got the Ozonics running. It's blowing downwind. Then um, I'll pull up or I will have my actual bow hanger. And I use one of those real tree ones. I think you can buy them at just about any location anywhere in the United States. Like if it's, if it sells hunting equipment, you're going to find it there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Screw that in, pull my bow up, hang it up. Now I have everything that I need up there. Right. Next thing I do is I grab my release, which is typically in a side pocket. I put it on and in some of the other side pockets, I have a grunt tube. I have, uh, my grunt tube also kind of, it's one of those. I think it's a Primos. No, actually, it's the Bone Collector Series one. Um, and I was at a Gander Mountain when I picked it out. And I, I, I'm I, horrible, so all the people must think I'm crazy when I go into a store. And I'm blowing on, like, opening up the packages, blowing up, like, five or six different grunt tubes until I found the right one. And the, the Bone Collector one, to, in my opinion, sounded the most realistic. So I, I bought it, and that's the one I use. Inside there, or on the side, like I said, on the side pocket, I have a handsaw. On, on the other side pocket on the inside is where I keep, uh, it's a little pouch where I keep my knife, my tags, um, and then like some napkins. I, I don't wear gloves when I clean clean deer, but I have a couple napkins. So after, let's say I, I clean one, I can just really quick wipe them off so there's no big chunks. Um, I do have, uh, I don't bring them until it gets closer to that late October period, but I typically bring a pair of, uh, rattling horns with me. I don't like the, the bags as well. I prefer, I use sheds that I found and I hang those up on the side. And then, you know, for the most part, the rest is just gloves, hats, uh, and then the rest of my layers, depending on how cold it is. And of course, snacks, mm-hmm. right? got to talk about snacks. Like you said, yeah. um, I'm not a sugar guy because I used to be a sugar guy where I would go to the gas station, spend like 15 bucks before every hunt and buy like the apple pies, the mountain dews, all that stuff. But I found that I was getting extremely tired after that sugar rush would wear off. So without sounding like a huge D bag, I'm, I typically just bring water and apples or bananas or carrots. Like I'm a, I'm a baby carrot freak. So I'll sit and I'll eat an entire pound at a time. 
And so that's, those are typically my snacks. But for the most part, these days I run pretty lean. Um, I don't, I have, and most times if I need to, um, I'll, let's say I shoot a deer, right? Tear everything down, go back to the truck. Uh, and typically I call my stepdad up and I'm like, Hey, just shot a deer. And, uh, I, I have stuff like a, a pull rope. If I need a pull rope, I keep that at the truck. Um, and any, anything else. But for the most part, I have, you know, like I said, my knife, I have two, two different knives. I have, uh, a big, a bigger buck knife that I can use like for splitting the pelvis if I need to, or pelvis if I need to. And then I have a, a smaller knife that I use for more precision where, you know, if I'm kind of, uh, peeling back some hide or trying to get in there and cut the esophagus while I, you know, when I pull, yep. pull everything out. And so that's, you know, Oh, and depending on time of year, uh, heating, the heating units, the, the heating packs, what are they called? Hot hands. Hot hands. Yeah. Hot hands. Yep. yep. Yeah. If it's cold, yeah. like it has been the past couple ruts, man, I, uh, I'm, I am hot handed up. Like I got some in my pockets. I got some in my boots. I got, you know, I got, they have the adhesives now that you can put on different parts of your body. So I, yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll admit it. I'm a sissy when it comes to the cold. So if it's really cold, I may bring a thermos of coffee into the timber, but not in the mornings, only typically only in the afternoons. Okay. I have not done that. I've always thought about doing that. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, and uh, truth be told, I actually do bring quite a, uh, quite a bit of apples in, uh, on a, every, pretty much every hunt with me every morning, every night. I think it's good cover scent for your breath. Honestly, yeah. I think, uh, I don't run Ozonics just because of filming and stuff like that. It's just one more thing. I don't even think I have room for yeah. an Ozonics in my backpack, honestly. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good cover scent for your breath. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, the screw in steps. I don't know what ones you use. I personally cannot stand the Ameristep ones. No, I don't um, use those. The Gorilla Vortex. They're black with like the red, the red tip. Those are fantastic. Those are super sharp and they screw right in. I've even, I've been, had no problem screwing them right into, uh, um, oak trees and stuff like that. It's never slowed me down. So, yeah. um, Oh, I got a kind of a quick, funny story about the hot hands. So last year, last day I was in Iowa, uh, I, it was super cold and I took, I was out of, I was out of hand warmer. So I went to the gas station, bought a bunch. I had four hot hands in like the muff of my fanatic jacket. Yeah. And I don't know, two hours into the hunt, I pull my phone out, see what time it is, stuff like that. And I see like all these metal shavings around the speaker or the, around the uh, yeah around the speaker of my uh, my phone and I'm looking at my phone like is my phone so cold that like the speaker blew up or something I'm trying to figure out what's going on and I pull my I look at my hand and my hand is full of like that dust that's inside those hot hands oh boy dude I had two of them split open on me and I had no idea I was also like my nose always runs when I'm in the tree stand especially when it's cold out. And I had been wiping my nose and it smelled like, you know, like copper almost or metal. And I was trying to figure out what it was. Well, 
I had it all over me and I didn't know it. And I come, I got, I mean, I figured out that they split open in my muff and I got rid of them and, um, dumped them all out and wasn't a big deal, but I get to the truck. My buddy picked me up at like noon and I get to the truck and he's just laughing and he rolls his window down. I'm like, what's so funny? He's like, have you seen yourself? And I was like, no, it's like, look at the mirror. And dude, you would have thought I had face paint on. I had so much of that black dust all over my face from <laughs> from wiping my nose and stuff like that. So no, it's just a just a quick funny story about those. But um, I usually use the uh, the mega ones. I don't go with just the small hand ones. I'll use two mega warmers because I same thing. I'm pretty big sissy when uh, when it gets cold out. So yeah, I hear that, man. I. Uh, I wonder how much I always think about things like that, right? During hunting season, how much money do you think that company makes in, in a, in a, in a year just by selling hot hands? Right. Yes. If I, if I put a number out there, do you think it's more or less? Uh, let's say, uh, let's say in one year that company makes $10 million. Do you think it's more or less than that? I would. I would think less. That just seems aggressive, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I would be willing to bet that I probably spend a hundred to one hundred twenty-five dollars <laughs> on on hot hands a a year. So yeah, but that's. I mean, I'll I'll use a fresh pack in the morning, and then if I go in for lunch or something and come back out, I'll use it. I'll open up two more. So I, I mean, they only last for seven hours. There's guys that say that you can, if you use them for a morning hunt. And you only use it, they only open for like four hours. You can actually put them in a Ziploc, get all the air out, and they'll actually cool back down. And then when air hits them again for the evening hunt, they'll warm back up. But I have I have not gone through the troubles of uh, trying to save my, my hand warmers. Right. So I gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, we're coming up on time here. Uh, kind of a quick, it's not really quick. We spent a lot of time bsing on this podcast but uh anything else that uh you think you might add this year to your pack or maybe take away that you don't use it enough you know this is it's not exactly uh pack related but i am switching from a um like a full like safety harness to a rock climbing harness Uh i had a i had a lot of issues uh, yeah, right. First step towards saddle hunting. That's right. Um, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's my harness or what, or just the way I sit, or maybe my harness is too small for me or something, but it just pulls on, it pulls down on my shoulders. And I just noticed after, you know, 10 days of hunting and my back was super sore, probably has nothing to do with sitting in a tree stand for 10 days, but, right. um, but yeah, I, I figured it's, I, I just got it in the mail and it's definitely going to be, it's m- much more lightweight. The other thing is I noticed a lot last year where I had my, uh, my harness tethered to the tree. You know, if I had to ever spin or rotate, that would get in the way depending on, you know, where the deer was at. And, uh, I just noticed, I just got to thinking about it. I did some research on some forums and I think a lot, a lot of guys have positive remarks about using a rock climbing harness. The you're, you're tethered right around your waist. So if you do have to spin or anything like that, it's never going to affect when you draw your bow back, you know, with that potential, uh, uh, line coming down from the tree, like around your back at all. 
So, yeah, I, I, see, yeah. I feel you, man. I've had to do quite a bit of adjustments on mine just to get it to where I like it. Right. I always like mine a little loose, a uh, little looser uh, around my upper body, but I like it tight around my waist and my, and my, uh, I guess my thighs, I guess, but yep. that's just me. Also, there's no more, you know, throwing a jacket on when you're in the stand. Cause I, I always put my harness on like, uh, and then carry the jacket out. So I've always got to thread the, the strap through the jacket. Like if there is a, if there's like a passport hole or whatever, yeah, yeah always mucking around with that. I and mean, like, I, I think it'll be nice this year, not, not having to deal with any of that. Yeah. So. All right, man. Well, if that's it, we're going to call our quits today and let's see by the time this launches, when, when this launches, you'll be balls deep in an elk hunt. I'll be back a week and uh, we'll have to reconvene after that. And, uh, probably once again choose a topic last minute hey sounds good to me good luck on your elk hunt yeah same to you man thank you and there you have it ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for tuning in to the hunting gear podcast if you like what you hear share this with your friends go to itunes leave a review uh, make sure you're subscribing to this and then uh, take part in the conversation on the sportsman's nation uh, podcast network instagram page and um, the uh, facebook page as well as the nine finger chronicles facebook page and instagram page and the hybrid outdoors instagram page and facebook page uh, our goal with this again is to um, start creating conversations about gear and equipment that we all use throughout the uh, you know we all use throughout the hunting season and i want you guys to be a part of that so there's that thanks for tuning in uh next week's podcast hopefully will be the follow-up to the trail camera podcast that we did a while back and uh, i'm gonna get uh hopefully i've already recorded a portion with uh chad sylvester from exodus trail cameras and i'm trying to get one more company on to uh, take part in the podcast and uh, then I'll get that one out and then the week after that again it's going to be me and Bob BSing about something and that's it man hopefully everybody has a great rest of the week and we'll talk to you next time